Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. Appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way. The trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Como. Oh, yeah. Oh, Como. Yeah. There you go. Good times in Como. I, I believe it. I believe it. Wherever you are in our great state, if you're just looking for Strange Brew Coffee every morning and you can't make it to Starkville or to Tupelo, head over to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and get it shipped right to your door. They've got everything you're looking for in this holiday season coming up. A lot of great gift ideas for the coffee lover for anybody in your life at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Speaking of the holiday season, you know you're going to want some new gear from, from Mississippi State. Get it at College Corner. You've got two locations to serve you there in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. You can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Whatever you're looking for. If it's clothes, great. they got got plenty of cool stuff for the car, for the house, for tailgating. They've got you covered. Everything maroon and white at College Corner. Humble Taco is Starkville's best Mexican restaurant. It's Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Great weather outside. That's time to take advantage of their fantastic patio they have over at uh, Humble Taco, one of the biggest in town. Sit out there, enjoy a margarita, enjoy some chips and salsa, and enjoy tacos that you just simply cannot get anywhere else. They're only available to you at Starkville's best Mexican restaurant, Humble Taco. Firehouse Subs. Hey, if you're tailgating this weekend, why not get a Firehouse Subs party platter? That's a great addition to any tailgate. While you've got all the stuff on the grill, everybody can have a sandwich, enjoy some afternoon uh, football on the, on the tube, Georgia-Tennessee, all the good games that are on uh, during the day, and have a great sandwich to go with it. Call your local Firehouse Subs. Get them to put together a party platter for you. Local Locations here locally, Startville, Oxford, Columbus, Tupelo, Fluid, Madison, Firehouse subs. <clears throat> Let's talk about some Auburn football today, Robbie. Let's not talk about it, athletic directors and things of that nature. Let's talk about this game. I, I've come to a, an idea. I've come to a point. I want to get your thoughts on it. But this game was it was, it was always important. You know, it's an SEC game. You're a two touchdown favorite, so you, you need to win it. But with a new athletic director coming in, a loss in this game. There, there's no there's no air in the leech balloon. It's all gone. You're gonna lose to Georgia. You're gonna be, you know, predicted to lose to Ole Miss at that point. And then you're you're looking at a six and six season. I, I feel like everything on paper favors Mississippi State in this game. The stuff that makes you think Auburn can win is all like the intangible, you can't quantify it kind of stuff, right? The interim coaches have had success this year. That's it's 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 there's no statistical reason for that. It's just an outlier. It's just a, a a trend that's happened this year. 
you know, obviously, you know, they're playing for for uh, their new coach, playing for an, uh, an absolute Auburn man in Cadillac Williams. That that's where that's where th- that stuff is coming from. On paper, though, Robbie, Mississippi State is just a better football. Yeah, and playing at home, um, they're they're more well put together this year. But yeah, it's it's kind of scary, you know, for Mississippi State coming in this game. You were you were kind of hoping that this this uh, musical chairs or I guess a be, I guess a better analogy would be like the like the will, mm-hmm. like in Will of Fortune. Yeah, like it lands on bankruptcy or whatever. Right. You were kind of hoping that the will would not land on Mississippi State the week Brian Harson yeah. got fired. Um. Because, I, you know, we've seen this so many times. We've seen a terrible situation. Coach gets fired midseason. All of a sudden, the team kind of rallies around uh, a guy that's leading the program that maybe is, you know, kind of the emotional leader of the program, the guy that's kind of the inspiration of the program, the guys that all the players enjoy. You know, Greg Knox led Mississippi State to a bowl game win as interim coach. We saw earlier this year, Mickey Joseph led um, Nebraska to a win. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Ed Orgeron. Georgia Tech. Oh, Ed Orgeron, Orgeron the king of, twice. The king of interim coaches. So it's always scary. Like, and, it, and a lot of times it happens like the week that the coach is fired. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm, I'm kind of like real skeptical about this game. But having said that, Mississippi State's been really good at home. Mm-hmm. They've had a bye week. This should not be a game that they let up or – that they're surprised. Like I, I really believe that state should come out in this ball game and play inspired football. You got the healthiest team you've had in several weeks. You're going to have some um, some help on the defensive line with Jaden Crumney against a team that basically the only thing they can do is run the football. So it, it's it's something to watch out for this week. But you're exactly right. On paper, Mississippi State is the better team right now, but they don't play games on paper. Mississippi State's going to have to come out and execute. That's right. They don't play games on paper. They play them inside your television set. That's yes. We all know. Um, for me, and, and you sort of hit on it there with with, with Auburn, and, and you know they're kind of one dimensional. And I talked to Zach Arnett earlier this week. That interview will air on the uh, Mississippi Peanut Supply Tailgate Show Saturday, three uh, thirty uh, p.m. here on WKBB hundred point nine up here in the Golden Triangle. Um. And I, I threw that out at him, and then he immediately hit me with, well, I mean, they threw for all these yards against Arkansas and Ole Miss, and, I'm, you know. But you and I both know Arkansas, one of the worst pass defenses in the country. Mm-hmm. The Ole Miss game, Ole Miss's defense, I mean, if you've seen them the past few weeks, they have slot, they have dropped down basically from, I think they were number two in total defense in the conference before they played Auburn, and since then they've dropped down to like 10th. Because they've started playing SEC teams now. Yeah, it's funny point. how that works. Yeah, well, yeah. What do we know though? And so, I mean, I'm I'm not overly surprised. And plus, a lot of those yards are in the second half when they're already, you know, two three touchdowns behind. I I, I do think that this is a one dimensional football team. The one thing that that makes you 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 concerned for me anyway is the mobile quarterback. We've talked about it all year. Jaden Daniels, a lot of success. Malik Hornsby, a lot of success. Bryce Young, not so much running the football, but being able to keep plays alive with his mobility were issues for State at, at points in the Alabama game. And now here we are again on another quarterback who wants to run and really is a run-first kind of quarterback, more maybe more so than anybody else State has played this year. 
you know, do you feel confident in State's ability to to limit Robbie Ashford in the running game? I do to an extent because I think that we saw it a little bit at Ole Miss, and he he kind of got it together a little bit as the game went on. But going on the road, I mean, he's a young, inexperienced quarterback. He got rattled in that game a lot. I think State's going to be able to affect him from a mental standpoint. And also, you know, I think at this point, State should have learned their lessons with the mobile quarterbacks. They should have a good game plan for him. Um, so, you know, I I really believe that getting Jaden Crumney back is going to help. I, I'm not – I don't want to put too much um, emphasis on him this week because he hasn't played all year. He's going to be rusty. But – just his presence in there, the veteran guy, the guy that's pretty good at run stopping, forcing things to the other side of the field. I think that he's going to help you out in that regard. And I think State's been better, too, against um, quarterbacks in the last couple of weeks. thought they did a good job adjusting with Bryce Young uh, as that game went on. I think Robbie Ashford's going to be a little more um, – mobile than than Bryce Young in that he's going to scramble out and try to run the football a little more than Bryce Young. Young was looking to pass the ball. Uh, so that's something to watch. But I think Zach Arnett should have a good game plan for this group. That They haven't exactly been multiple and they haven't been uh, too terribly successful either. Yeah. They can run the ball. I mean, Bigsby, I think early in the season especially, that they kind of ignored Bigsby. <laughs> Early in the season, you know, you would think in those games he would have huge numbers, those Mercer and San Jose State games, and he really didn't. His biggest game of the year was against Ole Miss. He had a huge game uh, against the Rebels. Jarquez Hunter, we know all about him, fantastic talent. Um, but Mississippi State has done a pretty good job this year outside of the Kentucky game, and we all acknowledge that that's an outlier. Uh, s- slowing down running backs, it's been these quarterbacks that have have had given them have given them issues. So we'll see what happens today. On the other side of the ball, it's also about the running game for me. Uh, LaQuinston Sharp, Mississippi State expects him back today. What about Dylan Johnson? What are you hearing on that? I've heard that it could be back, but not 100%. Might not be 100%, but he's back practicing, and that's good news for Mississippi State because you need Dylan Johnson in there. He's your best running back. There's, there's no doubt about it. He's been so good this year. To get out of this with only one game missed uh, would be a blessing for Mississippi State if he can come back this week and be really effective for the Bulldogs. And you don't need him to, to run the ball 25 times in this game. I mean, I, I thought we saw enough from Simeon Price the other day, and I thought um, uh, Jaquavius Marks when he was in the game was really good. So, that I mean, you, you can rely a lot on those guys this week, but it helps to have a guy like Dylan Johnson back out there because I, I really think he's kind of helped set this offense apart. When we watch this team play this year, especially at home, when they've been their most effective on offense is when they've been able to run the football. Uh, and, and you know, we talked last couple of weeks about the Kentucky game and the Alabama game and how easily State got away from the run in those games. That just can't happen on Saturday. Mississippi State's going to have to run the football, kind of regardless of what Auburn does to them defensively. They have to find a way to, to keep running the football and, and keep keeping that Auburn uh, defense honest. I think this is going to be a, another game similar to what we saw against A&M and against Arkansas, where State's going to try to run the ball 20-plus times. Do you agree? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think that Kentucky game was kind of the like an anomaly right now because all the other games, for the most part, uh, they've been able to run the football. They've put an emphasis on running the football 20, 25 times. And in that game, it's just like they kind of just forgot 
that they were good at it, you mm-hmm. know. So I, I think get that looking at that Alabama game and how they came out and, and established the run in that game, I feel confident that they're going to be able to get back to that again on uh, Saturday. It really feels like they're going to get back to running the football, especially with Dylan Johnson back in there. This is an Auburn defense that's given up 40 points four times this year, including the last three games in a row. They gave up 40 points to a not great offensively Penn State team. And then, you know, obviously with Georgia and with Ole Miss and Arkansas, those are good offensive teams. So there's not a whole ton of shame in giving up 40 points. But, I mean, when you do it four times in a season, that's never good. I think State's going to crack the 40 barrier again this year. They've done it in every game at home so far this season. They, they, they've been so good offensively. I, I just when I like I said we we're talking about the stuff that 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 you can quantify offensively. It just feels like Mississippi State's going to be able to do a lot of what they want against this Auburn defense. You would think, you know, there's there's a chance that they don't. I mean, we've seen this team kind of uncharacteristically come out the last couple of years and have some poor offensive performances after after you thought they were going to be pretty good. So I mean, it's all about execution for me making sure you're catching the football, not having those penalties, not making bad decisions at the quarterback position. When State has uh, done all those things well, mm-hmm. they've been really effective on the offensive side of the ball. I think establishing the run early, wearing down that defense, and then executing in the passing game, State shouldn't have any problems in this ball game. They but should. It's, it's all about the execution. State's given a couple of turnovers to Auburn. They're throwing a couple interceptions, giving Auburn good field position, giving them early that um, that spark that they're looking for. I think that that's going to be trouble. Yeah. But uh, if State comes out and takes care of business in the early going, I think they're going to be able to win this one. And I don't worry too much about turnovers. And I know that, that I've said that, I'll jinx it. But, I mean, Rodgers has only thrown three picks this year. Um, State hasn't done – State's done a really good job of limiting turnovers. Where they where they've they've had the issues the last couple of weeks is they haven't been able to get those fast starts early in the season and I remember against Arkansas it's fourteen nothing first couple of drives of the game that's what you have to do when you have the underdog here we we talk about it all the time is the way upsets happen is you allow hope to to bloom you got to cr- crush that out very early with this Auburn team I think for an Auburn team playing for an interim especially who are they're they're just dying for something positive to happen. And if that happens and you give them some spark and you give them a little a little bit of uh, momentum, they can start rolling a little bit. Look look what happened to their game with Ole Miss. When things started going their way, they were able to get back in the game pretty easily. The problem was they fell behind 21 nothing before those good things start happening. So if you get a game that's close early and then something good happens for Auburn, you, you can be in for, for a big dogfight. State's got to do to them what they did to Arkansas and what Ole Miss did to Auburn, and that's come out firing. They need to be up a couple touchdowns in the first quarter, and I think from there things kind of take care of themselves. You would think so. I don't know where this team is mentally. I imagine they're going to be coming out fired up in this game. I think you come out and you stamp that out pretty quick, and you should be okay. Um, You know, It's a team that continues to lose, stacking up losses, We've seen that in sports so many times. I mean, just the the weight of that just gets really heavy, and it, it really kind of takes the fight out of you. So for State to come out, get an early lead in that game, and that, and for Auburn to realize, you know what, I don't think this is going to happen, I think that's going to be huge. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%.
We're about to go to an interview after this. Uh, at, let's go ahead and, and do that. Let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef is what's for dinner. Beef is what's for dinner at the Haydad household most most weekends because I know what I've been saying all along is true. Nothing beats the sizzle of beef. I, hold on. Let me get a screenshot here. I'm going to... Oh, oh, it's not as good now. He, Robbie is eating spaghetti while we're having this conversation. And uh, hold on. Can I this time? Can I, can I make it happen? Yeah, I got it. All right, great. We're, we're, we're going to... I'll show that. I'll show off what I'm having to look at while I do these ad reads. So you can wonder why I chuckle sometimes. This is, this is why. But anyway... This weekend, if you're tailgating or if you're just cooking out watching football at home, throw some beef on the grill. Steaks and burgers, everybody loves them, but there's only so many great options with beef. A tri-tip. I've been thinking about doing a tri-tip again recently. I haven't done one in a while. Or a picanha. I haven't done one in a long time. So many great ideas, and they're all right there at your butcher shops and in your meat markets. Check them out. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats, great place to go Saturday before the game. Check out the day's worth of college football and get some great food, a great lunch. The weather's going to be great. keep saying great. I've said it too many times now. Weather's going to be fantastic. Sit out on the porch. Sit out on the patio. Enjoy yourself. And if you're sitting inside, like I said, plenty of big screen televisions with all the games on. And, of course, some of the best food in town. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. Great products, great service. Everybody talks about it. Advantage Business Systems delivers it. When you want to buy something for your business, when you need copiers and printers, talk to Advantage Business Systems. And then when you need service, you're talking to the same people who made you the sale. That's the, You've built a relationship with those people. You're not talking to somebody in a call center and God knows where. You're not talking to somebody who's like, okay, I'm out, you know, I, I, I'm stationed out of St. Louis, so I'll be down there maybe uh, you know, three, four days from now, maybe a week from now. You know, we'll have to see how it goes. No, no, you're talking to somebody in the state of Mississippi, and a lot of times they can solve your problems the exact same day. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Tired of going to buy yourself a new MSU shirt and you're like, okay, well, I don't want one where the logo takes up three quarters of the shirt. You know, I, I don't want one that's got one color sleeve and then a different color sleeve on the other side with a, you know, and the, the, the middle has a like a big bullseye on it. I don't want those things. I want a nice, clean, comfortable polo shirt, understated with the logos that I like on there. Then it means it's time to shop at the Rogue and their collegiate collection. The best looking collection of polos and quarter zips out there. No questions asked. Check them out at therogue.com or shop in the Rogue and Jackson this holiday season for the Bulldog in your life. Get them a polo from the Rogue's Collegiate Collection. Don't, don't, don't do the three-stripe life. Let's shop at the Rogue. Uh, we're going to talk now to Richard Silva. He is a brand-new uh, Auburn beat writer. And that means, you know, Robbie, obviously he probably doesn't have the same insight that somebody like our friend Jason Caldwell might have, who's been covering the Tigers for a long time. But what I thought was interesting and what I wanted to get his perspective on was this. He jumped into this job on Monday. So his first day on the job, Auburn hires a new athletic director from another SEC school and then fires their football coach within 30 minutes of each other. That's a hell of a first day. So I want to talk to him about the craziness that is the Auburn job. I also get his thoughts on this weekend's game. Let's go down to Richard Silva, new Auburn beat writer with the Montgomery Advertiser. 
So joining us now on the podcast, Richard Silva. He is a brand spanking new beat writer for the Montgomery Advertiser. Everybody's first day of work is a tough day, Richard, but you got dropped into the hurricane there. And I'm sure you knew coming in that Auburn is is a little bit, you know, for lack of a better word, crazy. But that's a heck of a first day. Just just sort of talk us through day one on the beat for you. Yeah, um, you are not short-selling it at all. It was a whirlwind. <laughs> <laughs> um the, the the first two hours were great i you know i had meetings meeting everybody and then i started to catch wind of the uh the athletic director uh information that was coming out so i knew that was coming but um luckily you know the editors and whatnot and the other writers uh they knew i was coming and they knew i'd be new so they had some uh some preliminary stuff ready to go for that but what really threw me uh for a loop was when uh harson got fired uh, I had gotten the email and then I called my editor and I told them, I was like, I, I think Harson just got fired, but I'm, I'm not sure. Like, this is the first email that I've gotten from Auburn. Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, so I forwarded it to him and then, you know, they, they did a really good job kind of holding my hand and, and getting me through it. But it was, it was an interesting first day to say the least. It, it frazzled me a little bit. You know what's going to be funny, Richard, and I, I feel confident in guaranteeing this you due to my knowledge of, of just how Auburn is, this won't be the craziest day you ever had. <laughs> you, you'll have a crazier one at some point, I promise you. Maybe when Lane Kiffin comes on board or Hugh Freeze, we'll see. We'll see I don't know, I don't know if I should be excited or scared for that. You can be both. You can be both, absolutely. Um just from your, you know, talking to Auburn people that you've gotten the chance to talk to, what's the general level of excitement, general level or general impression, I guess, of John Cohen coming to Auburn? Yeah, it's uh, actually I wrote about this in a story that's coming out tonight, um, nine o'clock tonight. It'll come out. Um, it's about John Cohen and it's about how kind of, you know, same day he he comes, Harson leaves and it's just a fresh start. Like it's 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 a reset essentially for the football program um and it this hire i think has an even elevated level of importance because what just happened can't happen again auburn can't be back here in two years paying another buyout getting more of a reputation for being a school uh and a program that goes through coaches that that really can't happen so cohen's really He's, he's got his work cut out for him trying to make, trying to, you know, get, make the right hire here. Um, but in terms of the general feeling, like I said, it, like almost fresh, I guess, like a, a new, a new era. I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but something like that. It's interesting for me because, you know, we just sort of described the Auburn situation. It's been well documented and well known that the boosters there have a level of influence that they might not have at other schools. And then on the other side of that, John Cohen, I'll tell you from my dealings with him as, you know, I don't, stubborn can be a negative word, but it can also be a positive. You know, he's a man who, who sets his vision and he, he adheres to it. He's, he's been a, a head coach for a lot of time and now an athletic director. He's used to being the number one, you know, from a fit perspective, do you see it for Auburn? I think it's interesting. And, you know, everybody's going to say the the right things at first. Oh yeah. He's going to have autonomy. He's going to have, he can make whatever decision he wants, whatever, whatever. But until it happens, it's just talk. It, it, it's not, it, it's not real yet. Um, in terms of fit, I, I think it's interesting because um, when you look at the two hires, the football hires he made at Mississippi state, obviously Joe Moorhead and Mike Leach, 
both of those were risky and for two different reasons. Moorhead, because really the only head coaching experience he had was at Fordham. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Leach with his the, the air raid, that, that in itself is a risk bringing that to the SEC. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what Cohen's uh, philosophy is going to be when hiring coaches. Is it going to be the same way where he doesn't mind going against the grain a little bit and hiring somebody that he feels and take that he feels good about and taking a bit of a risk? Or will he change or maybe there's um, more resources for him at Auburn where he can shell out a little bit more money for someone with like a, a bona fide resume uh, or something like that. So I think whoever he hires for this position is going to be telling of, um, of what his tenure will look like. Let's talk about the game itself with Mississippi State and Auburn on, on Saturday night. Obviously, it feels like a lot more to play for on the Mississippi State side, you know, they can become bowl eligible with a win. They need to win the three of their last four if they want to improve on last year. For Auburn, it, it's, you know, with an interim coach now, it, it, you know, they're kind of playing out the string a little bit. But there has been this trend this season with interim coaches having uh, success, having getting, especially in their first game, getting the win. And now you've got Cadillac Williams, who is an Auburn legend, as Auburn a man as there, there could ever be. Is, is there some some extra juice around this Auburn program this weekend? Uh, I would think so. Um, we actually just got off the SEC teleconference, and Cadillac obviously was talking. And you could tell he's excited. He's almost, like, emotional when talking about it. He talked about how, like, you know, Auburn means so much to him. And he got into coaching, whatever it was, like, six, seven years ago, um, to give back because of all the coaches that helped him. And never did he think – that he would he would get to this point and here he is so i think there will i would imagine there would be some sort of you know the team rallying around him and this is um like i, I guess speculation but you would think with with cadillac being the interim and then they um they they've elevated ike hilliard and uh the offensive line coach to be the co-offensive coordinators i think they're really gonna focus on running the ball with tank. I, I think he might Ole Miss was his best game of the season. Maybe the best game of his Auburn career. Mm. It, he could, he could mess around and and do something against Mississippi state. I think. Yeah. That's, and we were talking about that a little earlier in the podcast about this Auburn running game and, you know, with him and Hunter and then, you know, Mississippi state has had some issues this year with, with, with mobile quarterbacks and Robbie Ashford, great runner, you know, a little less with the throwing, obviously. So you, you really think this is going to be a run-heavy game plan for the Tigers? Yeah, I do. I think in a perfect world for Auburn, it's run-heavy, run-heavy, run-heavy. And there's a handful, not even a handful, two, th- maybe three plays a game where Robbie uses his athleticism and keeps the play alive and, you know, almost like a broken play, like a receiver gets open deep. They had a, right. a touchdown uh, against LSU that way. Uh, I think that's probably the best-case scenario in a perfect world for Auburn at this point. Defensively, this team's given up 40 points in, in three straight games, four times this year. Uh, just don't have the, the, the same kind of, 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 of attacking ability that Auburn defenses have had in the past. They've got, they've got some great players, including one from Mississippi and Derek Hall, but this isn't your typical Auburn defense that can really shut things down. Do you think Mississippi State, it's just going to be a, maybe a scoring matchup here for, for, for Mississippi State? This is going to be a high-scoring game, you think? I can't imagine that it's going to be a, like a one-sided affair in Auburn's favor. I would venture to say that it's either going to be 
a Mississippi State blowout or like a shootout, like um, you had mentioned earlier, the Ole Miss game. Um, but with that said, you know, I do I do expect them to run the ball a lot, so the the clock, you know, will 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 wear out faster. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'm I'm interested to see how the team rallies around Tank. Yeah, you know, you've got two teams that, you know, they both want to control the football, but Auburn does it with the running game. State does it with the passing game. Even in the passing game, State likes to, to maintain time of possession. And I think State will try to run the ball this week. You know, that's when they've been at their most effective. Every week when we do our Friday podcast and we preview the game, we, we have something we call the X factor. It's a player that not necessarily the offensive or defensive player of the game, just somebody you could see making a big play or two in this game that makes a difference. Who would that player be, in your opinion, for Auburn? Um. Uh, I don't know if this is a – I'm not really going out on a limb much, but the backup running back, Jarquez Hunter, mm-hmm. I, he's always good, I feel like, for for a big play. Even in the the poor games that Auburn has had, like the game against Georgia, he had like a – I think a 50 or 60-yard catch. He, I feel like he's always good for at least one big play whenever he's in there on his like, you know, 10 to 15 touches. And, of course, a Mississippi kid would like to make a, an impression back home in his home state. So we'll see how that goes. Richard, welcome to uh, the world of the SEC media. We appreciate your time today, and uh, looking forward to seeing you Saturday uh, in the press box. Yep, thank you. I uh, appreciate you having me on. All right, thanks to Richard for his time. <laughs> That's a hell of a way to come into a job. Uh, do not envy him. Uh, for that. So good stuff there. We'll talk a lot more about Mississippi State Auburn on tomorrow's podcast, the three Ps, as we get ready for kickoff. But before we get out of here, Robbie, we've got to talk about this fire that has been lit under the, for lack of a better word, the ease of the Mississippi State fan base in joining the Bulldog Initiative. John Cohen, his parting shots out the door started a fire and in what, basically over two days, nearly tripled the uh, the the membership of the Bulldog Initiative. They started with in the three hundreds, mm-hmm. I think, maybe a little below that. And and I want to preface that by saying there's a lot of other people that have donated that aren't listed, like as you know right. how many, right. like as a member, or whatever. People have donated to the Venmo. I don't think that goes through. And mm-hmm. people donated prior to that. There's some big donors that have donated, but in two days. In less than or a little over 24 hours, Mississippi State doubled that number that had been uh, three or four months in the making, mm-hmm. I guess. And they did that in two days. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, I think thanks, thanks in large part to our message board. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say our message board. I, probably no, they deserve did a, a ton of, of credit. That. Yeah. Um, but man, Mississippi State fans are just. I don't know. I don't know if it's ticked or rejuvenated. It might be a little, a little bit of both. both. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. hundred percent. I think, um, and I said this last. I said this last night on my uh, YouTube. I just think that Mississippi people and Mississippi State people, especially, are people that you know when they feel they're very proud uh, people. They think a lot of their state, think a lot of their university, and when somebody says something. Uh, diminishing the universities or the state, it's it's going to create a little bit of a firestorm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happened with this. I think people saw that report in Ross Dillinger's um, story and said, you know what? Not going to accept this. Not going to yeah. accept this at all. And that's what happened. And it really blew up. And it's still going. I think it's well over, as we record this, it's over 400 people 
since Monday. Let me tell That's, you. You're talking about have, have joined or are like total membership? Have joined. Okay, because I'm about to say, I looked earlier on the message board and they're, <clears throat> they're talking about they're getting close to 800 total members now. Yeah. And like you said, on Monday, before all this started, they were maybe around 300. So, I, mean, I think by the end, I think by the end of the week, I think by the end of the week, it's not. I don't. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's well over a thousand people. And, well, there now there's a, a, a groundswell to try and and sort of you know have some some marketing materials out at the game Saturday, some stuff in the junction, signs, flyers that have the QR code where you can just go ahead and get right in with donations. What this is doing. Is, is twofold. One, obviously, it's great for the Bulldog Initiative because you know the, the money is starting to come in now and you're going to start to put together a real NIL fund. But secondly, this is going to show a new athletic director, hey, with prop, you know, if you just come out and say, and let's give a lot of credit to Mississippi State, to Bracky Brett, the interim athletic director, sending out a, a message today that included Need you guys as part of the Bulldog Initiative. Need you guys to do that. His second day on the job, he's telling people to do something. This is, I mean, call it sour grapes or whatever you want. John Cohen never sent out an email like that. No. Never and sent out anything that said, give to the Bulldog Initiative. And let's be fair, that this is just now new legislation. It is. By Vincent Boy. So there, I think eventually John <clears throat> probably would have done that. Mm-hmm. But, and, and people were going to say, well, Bracky's just that he probably didn't even say that. Mm-hmm. Who cares? The behind behind the scenes, I don't think people understand how supportive Bracky has been for NIL at Mississippi State. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things that are misunderstood about Bracky Brett that people have just run with on the internet over the mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. And I'm not toting water or anything for those people. That you clown. There's people on six pack or whatever that think I'm I'm toting water i'm not i i just know what goes on behind the scenes yeah and i can tell you that bracky brett is not who people think he is on the internet right he's been very supportive and worked hand in hand with with the initiative to make sure everything uh is good and he's been fully supportive of it and i i really like that they're doing this because there's a ton of people out there and i think a lot of them are on the message board that are just now kind of coming around to this nil deal there's a ton of people out there that unless mississippi state tells them to do it they're not going to do it they just and i'm not saying they're just blindly following mississippi state they just don't trust outside parties uh so mississippi state is now saying hey this is a legit thing you need to donate to it there's a lot of people that didn't even know what the initiative was yeah so now mississippi state's doing it that's that should pour in some support for mississippi state fans the people that are your average fans that might not be on social media and stuff getting those right. emails? It's going to be a big deal. I agree. My favorite part of that thread about you on Six Pack is the guy who says that you're not going to get credentialed next year because you've burned too many bridges. I'm going to give that guy a heads up. They do our credentials game to game. So if they didn't want to give Robbie credentials, they could just not do it for this game and just say, Why would, why would I, I not get my credential? You burned too many bridges, Robbie. Didn't you just hear what I said? So the so the guy that made the thread, I didn't read it, but the guy you right, brought it to my attention. The guy that that re- that made the thread said that I was toting water. Right. And then somebody else said that I was burning bridges. Correct. So So you toted the water 
and you took it away from the bridge as you were burning it. You could have put that water on the bridge, Robbie, but you didn't. That's my, th- this is my problem with people on, that get upset at both you and I. Yeah. We get in the same like show or same article or whatever, we'll have people on both sides of the spectrum. Yeah. Like these guys are too negative. No, they're too positive. Like, yeah. What? But the guy was like, he's not going to get credentials. Like, our credentials are game to game. They could just pull his credentials now. It's not like, they're not like they, it's not like once you get a credential, you're locked in for the rest of the year. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what bridges I'm burning either because I wanted the state screw up. I, I don't know. I don't know. The answer. I don't worry about it. All right, Th- that's that's your people. No, I'm no longer a moderator of that message board. I am. Yeah, but it's still your people. I, you brought I, those I, people I over I don't, there. I don't. I don't claim any of that. I have no. You gave no them a platform. I have no dealings with on three at this time. You gave them a platform many years ago. I disagree. I, I didn't give those people a platform. I tried to purge them all, <laughs> and that's why I'm no longer you know administration for that message. So you did. You did exactly what had happened to you from Gene Swindoll. Many years ago, Except you the turned into Gene Swindoll. My diff- the difference was I got rid of the losers. Oh, okay. And he was trying to get rid of the cool people, like <laughs> me. <laughs> All right. Tomorrow's show, uh, three piece preview, playmakers, and predictions for Mississippi State Auburn. Looking forward to that. Also, uh, got my interview that'll be up with uh, Richard Silva. That'll also be available on the podcast feed. The King in the South, he and I are trying to figure it out. He, he's an idiot and and scheduled something for the same time as I don't know. I don't know, guys. I'm going to do everything I can. If it's on the podcast feed, great. If not, we may have to record on Thursday, and we'll put it up for Friday. If it's not and there, you, my apologies. It's not my fault, though. And you've you promised this, so you have to deliver I have to it. deliver it. Well, i tell you what. If worse comes to worse, I will just get on here and talk like him. Hey, everybody, it's Brandon Walker, the king of the <laughs> South. Uh, you know, Ben Mintz is, a, is an idiot, let me tell you. Nah, we'll just go from there. We'll figure it out. Guys, have a great uh, Thursday. Back with you on Friday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.